0: Into that it's good in both japanese and in english like that's like that one is like spot bomb is hot that's a hot sauce and hot track they should if i were a rapper i would sample that shit for like uh for like a track of i think like, i i may be a mark but nothing gets me hyper than when like a rapper references anime in their like in their uh anime or anime adjacent shit like uh like when um what's his name fuck um uh the one who yells all the time that was just not narrowed down um. <laughs> Denzel Curry, when he references like Avatar, the last airbender in one of his songs, I'm split, I'm spinning fire like Prince Zuko. Oh my God. Got him
1: you know there's i've been hearing some more dragon ball references too
0: anyway 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 hard hard pivot no transition that's how i do <laughs> it um if i give it to you raw can i just say and i know i know it's not popular to express surprise at something at first something like this because like that's just you're supposed to like pretend, on the internet you're supposed to pretend like you know everything because like being ignorant is not you know the currency of the land is knowledge and being ignorant proves that you're a fucking loser but can i just say and also being surprised can i say i'm actually surprised by how like racist joe
1: biden is is that weird i mean i it's hard to be surprised but i guess uh, what surprises me is people's reaction to it but go on well i was gonna say what surprises me about it because people keep saying like oh joe
0: biden is the white moderate that like martha king jr was warning us about i was like no he's not joe biden is like the literal racist (laughs) (laughs) he's not not the white moderate and and that was another weird thing where he was like giving like so uh, like last week this week rather he was like giving his uh, like, you know, like, all Democrats love to do that, like, I'm in favor of reaching across the aisle, and we have to be pragmatic, and we have to, like, you know, come together, and, like, what happened to civility shit, but, like, he was giving examples of civility, and, of course, like, he chose basically, like, you know, not Barry Goldwater, but an analog of Barry Goldwater, like, as an example of civility prior to Trump, and, like, you know, prior to the, the polarization in, in whatever, D.C., like, current, only exists now, um, for some reason, apparently, and he, like, and he was, like, oh, you know, he said, "quote, a segregationist." I was like, "But okay, it's not civility if you're teaming up with someone who which you believe the same thing in. That's not civility. You're also a segregationist."
1: Oh, and really, and the other part of the problem was that he was referencing Democrats. So really, he was just like, "Yeah, we just get along, despite you know us both being segregationists." It's like. uh okay (laughs) maybe it's because not despite right (laughs) like i i am i'm missing the connection here in which where people are kind of surprised that joe biden is like i guess i think people were expecting him to be more at least like media savvy and not right i know (laughs) like all of these things just seem like well wait a minute it's It's just because i think it's because he's polling well and because you would somebody in this position should be capable of doing these things but uh, joe biden serves as yet another reminder of uh how this country celebrates white mediocrity
0: that's why i say i'm surprised by how racist joe biden is and i would say that i think that people thought he was more media savvy because he's kind of riding obama's coattails to Mm -hmm. like popularity and like obama was very media savvy right and so you like you put joe biden out there and he's like a complete train wreck i heard someone describe joe biden this is like 100 accurate like on twitter as like he is the worst qualities of hillary and bill clinton combined with none of their good qualities like he's bill's weird like self he's Bill's like weird self-involved like mediocrity without any of the charisma and also like the weird handsiness too um and he's hillary clinton's like You know, just lack of political savvy and just inability to like not just shut the fuck up and like unlike just general unlikability with none of the smarts. Like, it's like it's it's very weird to watch him like completely fumble. And I'll be honest, like. He, you only have to, this is going to be like the real talk. You only have to pretend to be nice to black people, like actively about three days of the, of the year in fucking America, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Juneteenth and the BET awards. And you Know, like, those are the only three days where you have to pretend <laughs> to like black people, and everyone knows that it's a BET. I'm, this is going to sound like a weird question like, is the BET Awards like the first Sunday after Juneteenth, or is that just a coincidence? Like, every year, uh, you know, that's an interesting question. I haven't watched BET since UPN was a thing, <laughs> uh, UPN. <laughs> <laughs> Since so, so, so they used to do reruns of Moesha and the Parkers, and uh, Baby's Kids on the weekend, every weekend with Bay Bay's Kids, like there's like there's no other black movie that BET played with besides like Baby Boy and Baby's Kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just back to back.
1: Belly if it's late. It's late, <laughs> uh,
0: occasionally they will put on "Going um, coming to America and I'm, I'm gonna get you sucker with all the curses removed so basically like fucking nothing
1: as you said they're all edited to hell so like, you, know, like you can't amazing. actually enjoy it
0: it's like listening to like a rap song with none of the curses in it it's just like, okay well you know the speed fire it's but like, yeah, I mean, like if you like, if you're playing like a real black movie, but you can't say the N word, it's like okay, well, obviously this whole thing is going to sound like so, like
1: the fucking track is skipping. It's <laughs> like you dr- listening to it in a '90s Honda CD player. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> no, it's just weird
0: because like it's Juneteenth. All you gotta do is come out there and be like, slavery was an abomination. Uh, no more questions, and leave. <laughs> but then, and like and like just say nothing else and go Like guess it but like he like, like they just like they just like put joe on an open mic and they just let him fucking run buck wild and it's like it's the weirdest thing because you know he can't be trusted it's like joe biden like joe biden campaign's biggest enemy is joe biden
1: right well i think it's, uh, it was like uh, joe biden met up with northam and northam was like well i wore blackface and the black my black constituents still support me so i think you'll be all right like just just do you just do you joe that's I, I gotta fact check you real quick like
0: he either wore blackface or was it a clan outfit he doesn't remember which one fair
1: enough fair, fair enough.
0: <laughs> I, I guess to be fair he could have been in blackface <laughs> under the clan hood i guess you i mean it sounds like it, it seems like a good way to ruin the outfit considering that you know it's all white now know was that shoe polish shoe probably something come out of, of bed
1: sheets he, he did have quite a bit of knowledge about getting shoe polish off of one's skin like, <laughs>
0: I think I think it's just like, you know, what is it? Olive oil? Uh I think it's like olive oil mixed with like lemon juice or some shit. I don't know. Like it honestly it something like would clog your pores. Right.
1: Can't be good it, for the skin.
0: It, but no, like so like go back to Joe Biden, like the weird Joe Biden thing. It's like I do agree that like Joe Biden is going to by being Joe Biden, stretch stretch the limits of like what Democrat constituencies are gonna be willing to put up with. Like from my perspective, as like you know somebody who like is engaged in politics i recognize that like most people are not going to like you know like most people who don't like aren't listening to politics the same level we are so you know you talk about the fact that like most people don't care that joe biden is kind of gropey that's definitely true he you know it's hard as like a you know as someone who is like engage with the media to like ignore Joe Biden being gropey because he won't stop making commentaries about it like he knows that's a, that's a criticism of him And like every time he touches somebody now like no matter how old they are he's just like I got the permission of this baby to touch him it's like please don't say that And does it's the like office look at the camera thing like ah, ah, you see this <laughs> it's, like, it's like dude what the fuck we're trying to be professional here can you just please stop like it's like I'm trying to focus on your history of like uh, mass incarceration and and uh i don't know what you call it and police brutality and like your, you know like just your various stances on segregation and but like you keep touching little kids and like and commenting on it like weirdly like you're like you're really you know you're really living up that creepy uncle joe vibe you had going on like
1: we're the weird ones for being creeped out
0: <laughs> it's like i mean like i think there's definitely like levels of being engaged and not liking joe biden so i think at that level your people are right you know who's like okay you know you everyday average person because of misogyny because of like joe biden being joe biden like having that kind of like oh people his age don't they they just don't respect personal boundaries and they're like no one really cares about joe biden being gropey even though they probably should they definitely should uh but at another level it's just like most people probably aren't going to hear about joe biden saying weird shit about black people uh both in the past and currently like you know he's going to kind of go in as like Obama's pet white boy and like could have coast to success on that ideally but I think he is, he is going to stretch the limits of that kind of like entrenched Obama voter. He's going to stretch that. He definitely is.
1: Well, I think one key aspect that kind of gets glossed over in a lot of uh, corporate media is that and we touched on it a little bit already, but that there's kind of a, a distinction in black voters that's not usually made when in polling other than a little bit by age, but essentially there's, uh, the, the Northam folks like the, in, in Virginia. And then also, you know, people, uh, a lot of black folks in the South that are just accustomed to this level of racism from, from white people. Like this is just what they've come to expect. They, they, they just kind of assume this is the standard, and so Joe Biden racism isn't enough to to distract them. And then there's another segment of black folks who who are done fed up with this stuff and aren't going to be put up with that. It. And it's largely millennials, but it it ranges across uh you know even is going some people going back to the Black Panthers and such. So there's like a long history of this opposition, and and out that group, it's uh, the opposition is strong. And I think. South Carolina is primarily uh, the voters there are primarily the first group, and so there's a large uh, focus on what that how that reflects on Joe Biden's perception among Black voters and and so on. And so I think that with that in mind, it, it we. I think it dares right that it's going to take millennials and an active, vocal, uh, younger black people getting out there and spreading the message because it's not going to happen in the traditional outlets and in media.
0: I think that people are already positioning him as, like, the safe bet to get Trump out of office. But I think that, like, he is deceptively a bad matchup. Because if you don't think that the Republican Party in these southern states, like, in Florida and in all, of like, you know, in, in like, these southern swing states are going to, like... Not be plastering Joe Biden like propping up segregation and like on on uh, fucking ads throughout the South to, to suppress the black vote. Like you're out of your mind. Like they're already starting to talk. Like sort of position themselves as like the party of desegregation because like and like and they can do that successfully because for you know despite. Everything. The Democratic Party has not been able to successfully label them as, like, the party of racism. Like, they're able to label, like, a certain population within the Republican Party that they that they appeal to as, like, racist, inherently racist, but also, like, racist racist. But, like, the Republican Party at the establishment level has been able to, like, successfully shrug off, like, the, the label of, hey, this is a racist party. This is, like, a racist, terroristic, uh, sexist party. You know, which you would imagine they would be that would be a slam dunk to label them as because frankly no look at who their president is at the very least like you know we can talk about structural racism and systemic racism know how racism is like this like this sort of broad uh infrastructure of society but like at the very least trump is an incredibly like vulgar racist you know sexist uh uh xenophobic figure but there has been like Almost, they've been going through pains to not like tie Trump around the neck of the Republican Party and, you know, and like, like a rock, use it to drown them. Like, they're like, you know, people like Joe Biden are trying to make draw this false dichotomy between like the Trumps of the world, like the Trump, you know, Trump as a, a singular figure and like the Republican Party as a party, as though like they have, as though they're different in any other way as you know and not even really half the time um rhetorically they're not even rhetorically different half time like steve king is super racist like like he like he says super he basically like every time he goes on twitter he basically says like the 14 words like every time but like in in not being able to like successfully like tie racism to the republican party even though like they're racist like at the structural level uh because they can basically index procedure or index fucking like being rich or index like hey it's not polite to call us racist don't you want to be bipartisan like what they're going to do is going to they're going to instead position the like joe biden as this like segregationist this segregationist who is kind of handsy and like they're going to be able to actively suppress the democratic voters
1: base just by doing that absolutely and, and i mean one of the most reliable ways for democrats to lose is running as republican light and it, Joe Biden is is quite literally like a lighter version of Trump. Like, I mean, w- whether it's the groping, the the skin complexion, the hair, like everything, it's just it's 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 Trump light, and that's not going to. Uh, motivate the same millennials that uh, Adair thinks will or is optimistic about being uh, activated in the primaries is like those are two different groups of people and one is not going to be excited by the other. And I mean, the to me, the strategic thing that makes sense is uh the Democrats aren't going to vote for Trump. And if they are, then they were not they're not going to vote for any Democrat that's worth voting for anyway. Uh, of the older generations that are the Joe Biden group, so it's the the natural strategic decision to me, from my perspective, is do what's going to activate the younger base, which is you know get behind uh, a candidate like a uh, Bernie Sanders in this case, and instead they've done everything they they spent the last two and a half years doing everything they can to focus strictly on Trump and not come up with a, a you know proactive message of what they are going to bring, not in opposition to Republicans, but proactively to actually improve the situations and the living conditions of the people in the country. And that's the fundamental problem that they're facing and they know it, but I think we've, we've mentioned before they they can't really address it because they can't offer solutions that attack capitalism, which is at the core of so many of the problems that they are unable to address. I mean, also Joe Biden is a low hanging
0: fruit, right? You know, uh, you know, and it's so, so far as that, like, Yes, you have this generation of like, and I, I just to go back to what uh, Richard was saying of like older black people in the south who you know like joe biden says a lot of racist shit but like some of them agree with it you know some of them like you like you do have this kind of like mm-hmm. law like this like this sort of older black law and order black who's like yeah you know what they're the problem with this new generation is they wear their pants down low like they're the bill cosby's of the
1: world well right? quickly the- quickly just i want to capture something is like during the 60s there was a counter movement a counter government movement among black people and most of them were imprisoned and killed and so the the older black generation the people that have uh, moderate levels of success and comfort in the capitalist system are the black people that acquiesced instead of uh, you know resisted that system, or in to some degree that's a large portion of it. So it's not just a coincidence that the that the older black generation tends to have more acquiescence in it as well. There there was a systematic effort by the U.S. government to exterminate the people that resisted. Go ahead.
0: I mean, there's still a, I feel like there still seems like it's a systematic effort to like exterminate black radicals. Exactly. Like, like, like no like no offense. I mean and I, I, we talked about this before we talked about venezuela and like in like the proliferation of like anti of pro coup bots on twitter which i will still say turns out like they're like they're still not back all these real venezuelans that were always up in my mentions telling me i don't know i don't know shit about the global south because i was like hey you know what We it seems like we we've overthrown a lot of countries but then, like, this time was going to be different for some reason like they're <laughs> right. all gone it's like jose caracas is gone you know jose caracas one two one two one two uh who would over respond to my tweets that had to do ben Venezuela five seconds in was like, he's gone so like it feels weird to be like hey you know what uh every prominent black you know every prominent black person who was involved you know, you know usually black male very prominent black person who was involved in uh political protests of of any note like ferguson etc of the past like 10 years is not like, dead or in jail. Uh, anyone who recorded police brutality is, like, now dead or in jail. And so, like, it's not so much that I'm arguing that there is, like, a vast governmental CIA program to assassinate Black people again, although there might be, but more, like, there is just, you know, that's just the effect of, like, white supremacy on, like, Black radicals. It's like, you know, you don't need a, a vast conspiracy to have independent police departments kill off problematic blacks in various in various uh cities that's not necessarily a conspiracy unless you consider like racism to be a conspiracy which i mean i guess it is a conspiracy against uh black people
1: yeah there's too often that people think that when you talk about this stuff that you're describing like a like a specific like you know dark lair uh you know round table meeting where sometimes it is that though
0: sometimes yeah. it is like that like sometimes it literally is that and sometimes yeah. it's just like aligned interests, like you know it's different like okay exactly is there a bilderberg group that's actively trying to like control the global markets or is it just like a bunch of like loosely aligned billionaires who just don't want their taxes to go up right Like in this like in the case of like killing you know black radicals it's a little bit of both right mm-hmm. it's a little bit of both i will say though not that ourselves on the back too hard but we were totally right about about lewis fucking um uh fuck the, the, the uh what's it oh god john damn. lewis we're, yeah we're still right about john lewis being a fucking like just cooning it up for like for joe biden could you imagine that like mm-hmm. like, like even cory booker with his fucking lex luther looking ass had the nerve <laughs> to come up like joe biden uh what you said was kind of problematic like it's juneteenth maybe dial it back a little dial the racism down a notch and john lewis was like i don't think he said anything wrong Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> it's, inst- it's, it's just mean, i just don't try- get it go ahead no, I, I get it. He's trying to be the fucking um uh the Herman Cain of the Democratic Party. <laughs>
1: Well, it, it just I saw a parade of politicians come out and, you know, Joe Biden's not racist. He's just, you know, he's just he's not racist. He's just and it's like even even Bernie came out and said it. And it's just like one thing is everybody wants to make it. Is this person a racist or are they not a racist? And it doesn't have to be like rather than be that. I think it makes more sense is Joe Biden does a lot of racist shit. Like, that is unambiguous, like, and clear and, uh, to me, inarguable. So it's like, whether he, at the core of his being, really hates black people or just coincidentally does a lot of destruct- <laughs> destructive shit to black people doesn't really matter so much to me Is that in that what his actions are is a lot of racist shit. So <laughs> whether what, what's at the core of his being is less important to me than what he actually does. And so that's enough to say, yes, Joe Biden does racist shit all the time. If, if we're looking it, it passes prologue in any way but it, it just to me that it's that simple so it's like i really wish that's how at least bernie would have handled it or more of them would have handled it and i mean i'm not no i'm not gonna give cory any kudos for you know saying something no cory cory
0: cory needs to save some of that fucking heat for wall street like let, like let him <laughs> like 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 you know like like i said biden is a low-hanging fruit like the kind of racism that body and that biden embodies and i know unfortunately not everyone can get behind that like but biden is a low like it's a low hanging fruit like you know frankly speaking He's out there calling people "boy" and it's two thousand nineteen. Like he, you can, you can, you can admonish Biden. Like, Corey needs to save some of that heat for for fucking Wall Street. Like, didn't so save that for Wells Fargo, dude? Then you can come back to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the other aspect that came out or that like left out to me is just how essentially you know there's a lot of defense of Biden because it was in Biden is indicting of a large portion of the Democratic Party that doesn't want to acknowledge their racist behavior. But he's also he's also indicting of Obama. the Democratic yeah. Party
0: itself aside. But like you know, people feel as though like a criticizing Biden is criticizing Obama, and they don't want to criticize President Daddy, right? Uh, that's true. President, President Cool Black Daddy Obama. Uh, that that's like that's uh, this just real talk. But unfortunately, but I think now we see why. I think in two thousand sixteen, people were convinced that like. President Obama pulled Biden aside to tell him not to run because he wanted to give Hillary Clinton a chance. Mm. Now we see that, like, he wanted he pulled Biden aside, told him not to run because he didn't want Biden to fucking ruin his uh, his his legacy.
1: Well, it was still fresh and like still sitting, you know, (laughs) like it hadn't dried yet. But he he was
0: like he was trying to protect uh, his friend. Uh, He was like, listen, dude, if you run, you're running by yourself. Like If you run, I can't support you because I know what you're about.
1: I was like, like, it's it's cute, you know, you darting eyes at me, and you know, sending me little tweets and stuff. But we, no, this isn't gonna work.
0: <laughs> I, I'm gonna be busy. I'm gonna be too busy making Netflix specials to support your can this campaign for you, Mister? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what's your first name? Joe, John, John Biden? Crazy. But you know, I I think that you you make a good point about like people being labeled as racist versus just doing racist things. And I think that's like that's a weird conversation to have. We've had it before though, where it it just how we understand racism is so very individualized but also so very much just like a sin like it's like a sexual it's like a secularized like a version of like original sin sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like either you are racist and therefore everything you do or want is racist and part of that has to do with like your identity like if you're in the south you're probably a white male you're probably racist so if you argue for anything even vaguely if you argue for anything no matter what it is where we can we can effectively label it as like white male issues and therefore it's racism and if you happen to not be that or democratic party you're not a racist congratulations so you know the no matter what you do it 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 must necessarily be not either not racist or anti-racist post-industrial america and what affects them is not limited to post-industrial America, right? And and that's not even just just to say like okay, but these are these are you know these are voters, right? You know like if you don't satisfy their needs, they're gonna you know in many cases turn to turn to neo-fascism, turn to Republic, Republican parties, uh, bastardized versions of uh, social critique and cultural and capitalistic critique, with you know capitalism removed and replaced with like you know Mexicans. But also, it's just like there is a larger narrative about like how society functions and i think oftentimes we look at the world and we've said it before and i guess i keep saying we keep saying it before but we said it before where it's like it's easy to look at global migration as though it happens like global south to global north and much harder to recognize like that pattern exists within the global north itself like where you have all these parts of the global north you have all these parts of america that are more or less just like bomb not bombed out but like a desolated wastelands you know post-industrial towns where there are no jobs post you know parts of the midwest where you know where, where like the sun belt and like you know essentially a green jobs bill would be very very you know um welcomed along with like rural broadband and shit like that to get them sort of high up to like high speed internet levels but like that's treated like a fringe issue it's treated like not only like a fringe issue that would own that a wouldn't appeal to anyone in like rural america because they're just also motivated by racism that like if you're not talking about like how all mexicans are rapists they won't vote for you but also like how that would improve the america as a whole by even just like diversifying the diversifying the geography of like fucking capital in america where it's not just like five or six coast cities and maybe like parts of texas and maybe like philadelphia or Pittsburgh. where like there are jobs people can have, and so therefore like we have all this surplus labor, this entire indigenous and non-indigenous. I mean, but we do have indigenous people, but this entire indigent itinerant fucking uh generation of alienated fucking millennials who are moving from their hometowns and moving from the Midwest to like five cities and either being part of the gig economy or doing nothing, essentially, you know. uh, Instead, we could have like a diverse and spread out economy, right? You know, there, there really is no functional reason why a lot of these companies have to be in New York City. There's no functional reason. Like, there's no functional reason why you know like why vice media or why any of these media companies have to be in new york city that like you know and i bring up media because like it, the whole like brooklyn media cabal is a it's, like, it's a meme but it's also an important thing to realize that like how that affects media coverage that all of our media companies are in new york city you know like how does that actually affect the ability for our media to understand the breadth and plurality of the united states and what that means for how they end up missing big big stories that because like because they're just not affecting their direct geography right that's how they miss trump they missed Trump because, like, no one in New York was voting for Trump. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's, how they, that's how they missed it. But if they had just – but if, like, let's say, let's say MSNBC or NBC headquarters had been in, like, fucking, I don't know, Butte, Montana for whatever reason. Like, let's, let's say there. Or, like, Cleveland. Or, like, would they have still missed Trump? If, if, if there was a, a, a thriving media culture in Minnesota, you know, Minnesota or parts – or Green Bay, Wisconsin, would Trump winning those states have been such a surprise? So of course not.
1: not no of course not I mean you know the it would have been headlines that you know Hillary's not here and you know she's not pulling like these things would have come out and it would have been a much bigger uh, I think that's an excellent point of
0: course I mean but she maybe she would have I mean assuming she wouldn't have gone because there are they were there but like assume like you know it's like let's say like if Vox was there would she not have gone probably not but like let's say she didn't they would have covered it and it would have been it wouldn't have covered them by surprise
1: mm-hmm well and I think one part of uh, what you guys are touching on is that like essentially politicians make their bits by convincing their voters that their particular situation is unique and that they, as a politician, are is, are uniquely capable and, and uh, you know able to handle it in such a way that nobody else would be able to and like and the main reason that they have to individualize it and make it a unique situation where you know you guys work hard and the reason why you know these things cuz those guys over there are screwing you is cuz if they didn't make it an us versus them and a you know you guys are good people working hard and I'm doing these things for you and it's the system it's these other guys over here that are screwing you cuz then they start to indict the system they start to look towards the if they say oh, you know, the same situation that we have here is the situation that they have there, and their politician is given them the same line of bullshit you're giving us. And so it's happening over in this city and in that city and in this city, and, and all, all their politicians are all given the same line of bullshit, and none of you guys are doing anything about it. And, and if people start to recognize that, then they start to challenge it, and they start to stand up, and then they're in some real big problems.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I, this is I, I've for you know, maybe this is just like a pet peeve of mine now, but like I've I, I've kind of grown tired of both like the weekly polling. Um, cause I think it's like it destroys people's brains. I think just generally speaking, when you have like seventeen different polling companies running seventeen different polls differently, uh, like the not like you can basically pick and choose what polls you like you want to listen to but also like i guess i've gotten tired of like the whole like here's how trump stacks up against this particular candidate um sort of brand of analysis and because like while i think it is important like while i think it's important that we know we know like okay who has the best chance of beating trump who has the best chance you know of beating trump in these key swing states although you know i would argue we should probably abolish electoral college The problem with that thing is that it convinces people this is you know, it's a further example of the gamification of politics insofar as is that like it allows people to make these very shallow red democratic party make these very shallow um arguments for here's why we should run this candidate it's based entirely on whether or not they could beat trump and i think that's a, like a short-sighted way to consider who can win especially when you consider like you know hey if this, like if you know the like, considering considering the overlap right so like if 45 percent of people say that they want to vote for joe biden and then uh and you ask them to pick their first and second choice. If you know if uh, you know 45% of people say want to vote for Joe Biden and 35% of people say they want to vote for Bernie Sanders as their first choice. Both those are you know 45 first choice you know 35 first choice but then like 75% of people with the overlap there say that Hillary not Hillary Clinton bit Elizabeth Warren would be a viable second choice for them. Like if she were running they would vote for them. That makes a powerful argument for like running Elizabeth Warren, right? You know of course these are just numbers i pulled out of my ass but like it makes a powerful argument for like here's why you should run you know this person who has the ability to unite these factions of the party i don't think she has that ability again this is just like kind of an analogy and so my point largely there is that like it's a reduction of this race to like who matches up best versus this person versus like who has some sort of long-term vision of america and democratic party we can kind of get behind and so like frankly we're seeing this new not new but we're seeing this sort of this this uh this continuation of the 2016 i don't want to say like uh psychosis but like this like these these weird obsessions that people have with like who can beat trump versus like Hey, we need that. We need to actually fix our political culture. So, like, that question becomes kind of a, a backseat to, like, okay, who has a more viable plan for the American economy? Who has a you know, more viable plan for combating racism on a structural and social level? Who has a more viable plan for, like, Not only beating Trump this time, but making sure that we don't exist on this kind of weird cycle of like Democrat and Republican and things just get slightly worse at differing levels.
1: One of the things I've been doing is uh, just, you know, mingling in circles of non-politically minded people, Uh, people that maybe if they were lucky, could name three or four candidates out of the 24. And that was like 25. Uh, yeah, I think they just somebody just decided today was a good day, or recently was a good time to to announce that they were gonna run. Uh, somebody of some sort of. Stature or something—I don't know. It looked like Dukakis, but I no guess it's a different. Well, like he just looked like him. Is like, he did. It's a different guy. No, actually, Dukakis is alive, which I, which I was shocked to find out when I found out. Like I was like, wait, what? People have just been talking all this shit about this guy, and he's alive. Like, yeah, he's eighty-five years old. Jesus. <laughs> That guy's still kicking, and it's like he's the butt of every presidential joke. And I was just like, "Oh man, I thought, like, I, I thought he was at least gone, man." <laughs> Didn't? It's like, no, nah, he can, he can turn on the news and catch people making fun of him anytime he wants.
0: Why would you? Why would you though? <laughs> fuck him. Like, fuck
1: him. Right. <laughs> it's like I gave you guys a shot. You could have voted for me, but I, I looked funny in a tank, and you guys decided fascism's cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say this, right?
0: I think it's a little bit fucked up, and maybe this is a logical fallacy. And I'm sure people can be mad at me, but it's like if you find yourself earnestly arguing about whether a camp that people are concentrated in, ah, uh, political, political, essentially, people who have been, you know, ah, uh, ethnic group are concentrated in, is, you know, for political reasons, uh extrajudicially, is a concentration camp. You've already gone too far. Uh, Like, I think that, you know, I think as a society, the fact that we're even having this argument is kind of weird and gross. And like, I think it's easy to like get, like sort of get bought, you know, we, we live in a, we exist on Twitter and also in the media in a world of like, where like language and the ability to make arguments and the ability to articulate arguments has a you know that's the economy right that's like that's like that's the that's the currency of what we do um but so when i say like even having that argument is fucked up (laughs) like i know people are gonna be resistant to that like well of course we have to debate it you know we have to prove it's like no no no, you don't understand like just arguing about it we've already gone too far like if, like if we're having, like, if you have to earnestly explain why something is not a concentration camp, it's probably a concentration camp. And these are definitely concentration camps.
1: Right. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's really gross. Like, I mean, both like, you know, in the, the moral ethical sense. And then I, uh, reports have been that like literally there li- are people living in gross conditions without sa- basic sanitary items and sanit- and, you know, uh, uh, flush without any sort of, you know, flushing toilets or anything like that. So it's both gross from a moral and ethical perspective, but then also just absolutely gross conditions that they're putting these people in, and caging them, and it, it, it's it's it, atrocious. I mean, it go ahead. Also,
0: and I will say, this, and also they're dying. Yes, it's just, children. It's just, it's like, it's just, like it's like like it's like so like you know the, the aspect of this right? Okay, and so there's there are many moving parts to this right. And so I understand why people are having this argument. The argument itself is stupid, and but like I will say this right. And we've talked and I said about this last week too, where it's like the way we understand fascism and also concentration camps is a direct result of the Holocaust and World War Two, and so. The reason why we're having trouble with, like, we're not having trouble, but we're having all of these kind of like, these di- debates over the minutiae of it is because the way we understand those things are hyper specific to the Holocaust and hyper specific to Nazi Germany. And so unless something very literally resent like is like a Nazi Germany, 1940, like 1942, 1940 to 45, you know, even earlier concentration camp, people are not going to want to call it that because, because, because like we have kind of, you we know, don't, we've removed Nazi Germany in the Holocaust from its place within time and space and put it in this sort of weird vacuum, much like people do with Trump. Uh, where like we deny its genealogy, like we like, you know like we talk about like, I think that most people who are not well everyone who is not a literal neo-Nazi, is like the Holocaust was a super terrible atrocity, right? It was a really 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 terrible horrible thing, that to put it mildly, right? There's like there's really no words to even like describe it, right? Other that that, that doesn't make sound like you're, like you're you're that doesn't make you doesn't make it sound like you are minimizing it but like it, it was it was terrible you know uh but in saying that and even in like saying like the whole never again thing people don't really talk about it in a, a way that teaches any kind of lesson about it. like they don't talk about it as like the result of this confluence of geopolitical uh contexts uh apart from like you know uh the weimar republic's inflation and the treaty of versailles following the world war one and germany having to pay all these concessions to all the other countries and leaving you know leaving them like bankrupt etc and they sort of like the cultural crises that were that were happening during at the time but like the overall culture of the world itself of the western world uh mm-hmm post enlightenment, like it kind of gets a pass, right? we don't talk about like the eugenic, you know, very few people I would imagine at this point are still like, are still not taught about like the, like the eugenicist programs in the late 19th century United States or in the early 20th century United States. Like they're not talking, they're not taught about the sort of the basic, like uh, the, the, the similar concentration camps that happened in Africa that the Germans ran, you know, and their college in Africa.
1: From my minimal experience with uh, some of uh, people that I speak with uh, about politics, from Germany Germany itself does a reasonable g- good job of uh, teaching its citizens about this history and its context and stuff whereas uh, the US doesn't either teach us about the german history or our own in that context of like you said the eugenics uh, eugenics programs and you know uh, the experimentation on uh, black people throughout uh, the late 19th into the 20th century.
0: Yeah, black people, criminals, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't talk about those. And, and, you know, we don't talk about what led up to it. And frankly, we don't talk about, like, what came of it right like you know ultimately speaking it's treated as this anomaly a terrible anomaly right that killed millions of people but an anomaly nonetheless it's like it's an anomaly of the modern age like no one seems to be able to place it you know if you talk to them within the context of modernity or within the context of western civilization it becomes this sort of like well who knows how it happened other than like the most proximate causes to it right and in doing that yeah yeah you know like there are like you know, I've heard people say, and I think this is a really interesting, and important point that when you do that, when you treat um, what happened in Nazi Germany to the Jewish people of, of Germany and of like the Western um of Eastern Europe as like anomalous you treat jewish people as though they're something other than human you know like because like you 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 refuse them their humanity because you refuse them the human you refuse them the right to have parallels drawn between their condition and other humans that's a really interesting point Uh, another interesting point is that when you like when you sort of frame your understanding of fascism in the hall and like genocide in Concentration camps and all these things around the very specific, the very specific uh, instances or incarnation that uh, that occurred in Nazi Germany, you create uh, a bar or uh, a criteria that can never be met again. That's that's how that's how time works. Like you, like you, like never again becomes kind of like cyclical reasoning as opposed to like a pledge to do better because it's like okay, well, literally something that happened can never happen exactly the same as it happened again. It's like that's just like that's like that's just the nature of time
1: i I've, like, I've had this conversation somewhat a bit before with like you know using the idea of concentration like essentially that Palestine's being treated like a giant open air concentration camp and people like, oh you can't use the it's like well first off i'm not using extermination camp and there's somewhat of a distinction with the labor camps versus extermination but and it, death camps like oh no these, these,
0: these very you know when, you, when you, find, I, I still exactly. you find yourself making these distinctions <laughs> like you've already in my in my position you've gone too far because now right? you are between the semantics of concentration camps. Right?
1: And I've, I've been there and it's just like, and, and this was before this became a, a news topic and it was just like, wow, like, what like wh- what, are we doing here? Like, how far have we stripped these people of their humanity so that it, it doesn't count as a genocide because we haven't exterminated a large enough percentage of the population? Like, that's what you're really arguing from a liberal perspective? This is the liberal position? Like, I'm not arguing with a Republican about this. I'm arguing with, the like, somebody that ostensibly considers themselves on the left like it's wild
0: well yeah i think a lot of them you know they, they they like still you know they view like nazism and fascism as a thing that happened in the past and like yeah there are modern neo-nazis but those are the people who like have swastikas and like say the n-word and like you know and are in the literal clan but when when you see how easily like liberals and centrists not even just republicans like liberals and centrists are like unable to properly identify fascism just by putting just by a fascist putting on a suit like a literal neo-nazi just putting on a suit you understand just how shallow that definition is and how easily manipulated it is right look at richard spencer we might not be able to agree whether or not like certain fascist adjacent parts i think there is value in like discussing the nuances of like the far right and like you know is this person a neo-nazi are they just like some weirdo like you know reactive anti-sjw youtuber you know, are they like you know paleo versus neoconservative? I, 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 like like that kind of, that that means a little bit less to me. But like, there's a place for like,
1: that, and it's after you've agreed on the more generalized. Yeah, punch yeah. them. But yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's like it's like no, like you should you should be able to know like what a fascist sounds like and looks like, and like you know, or rather what a fascist sounds like without having it be come having it be so hyper specific that they have to like literally be wearing a swastika. So like the, like the like the ability to like just basically like uh, petty fog around what constitutes fascism is entirely related to the, the ability to sort of like make fascism in extra, like, you know, a thing that existed in one time in one place uh, specifically. I mean, it, it's frustrating because then, you know, we had a conversation about like, I guess I'll back up and I'll say this. Unfortunately, you know, we talk about like not being like how the entirety of social justice discourse has been largely allowed to be the the boundaries or rather like the 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 battlefield and what constitutes like what's happening has been has been more or less neoliberal been become subject to neoliberalization where like even with the concentration camp thing it just became like well some conservative Jewish people say that's offensive. And some like liberal Jewish people say like, this is a concentration camp. And then also you have like literal scholars of concentration camp, like, this is a concentration camp. Like, this is what it looks like. Um There's obviously a gradient here. But this is a literal concentration camp. Yes, it's like uh, they
1: don't, it doesn't, everything, like, in order to, to like, some of the terms had, had came before existed or were descriptions or, of phenomena that either predated so yeah, the, Nazi Germany or came after, like, continued to exist after it. Like, it's yeah, but not, not all, yeah, but like, exactly, yeah, go ahead.
0: Exactly, exactly, like, like, but not only, like, did the, the term concentration camp exist before Nazi Germany, not only did concentration camps exist before Nazi Germany, not, Nazi Germany was aware of these things and modeled their programs on these things so like i think that's the part that's sort of frustrating when i say like this this like the the concentration camp as uh as a thing in nazi germany and the holocaust and all the sort of associate thing exists in a place outside of time and space for so many people it's like okay like where do you think they got these ideas from it's like do you think that like someone literally in nazi germany just woke up and was like let's do genocide you know and i and i in my dreams last night i think i have i have can't come up with this sort of this new thing called eugenics it's like no like there's like a whole genealogy that's going back to like the invention of race uh and the american school of anthropology yeah you and, can like, see like, like,
1: like direct quotes from western from people in the united states being used in germany to yeah. b- advance the arguments
0: like <laughs> they, 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 they quote them yeah. but, like, but like you know part of winning the world war ii was able it was like an absolution of one of of, of every of like the rest of the cultures uh of being like culpable and like what happened there you know if not directly at least in the sort of like the 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 ideas that were being put out there and the institution that were being created like honestly so like it's frustrating because like i think that when people talk about the holocaust and concentration camps and like what makes them unique what they're talking about is like the efficient brutal deadly uh industrialization uh institutionalization and bureaucratization of genocide insofar as that like this was like the first this was like one of the first times because obviously you had like you know large scale in more less industrially facilitated genocide of people prior to this this was the first time you kind of saw it both in europe you know in modern europe but also being like just so brutally efficient uh and of course it was facilitated by a lot of American companies who were using it to make money. Um, mm-hmm. but, it
1: is, but like, you know, that's one aspect
0: of it. And so like, you know, the Holocaust
1: Huh? I think that there's actually a, a few different things that should kind of come together in this. And that one, like there was a, a large, like the U S didn't want to admit the Jew Jewish people that were trying to escape the Nazis. So that there's part of that. And then also, uh, FDR's uh, gets, you know, he's getting a lot of attention with the green new deal and that stuff. But people we don't talk about is, you know, in private, he was saying a lot of the same types of things that we attribute to Hitler, like saying that, uh, I guess I'm um, looking at an L.A. Times article here. It says he privately suggested that Jews in Poland were dominating the economy and were therefore to blame for provoking anti-Semitism there. So he just yeah, basically anti- said that the Polish Jews were they, – they asked for it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: anti-Semitism was like – was very widespread and like, you know, we don't even talk about how the Catholic Church played a big role in promoting anti-Semitism like right. we like we simply don't like really you know honestly what i've heard from people like who i think I make a good point about this is that like where there is this discrepancy is like the jewish population in some ways they were a lot more integrated into into europe prior to the holocaust like they like they served in a lot of roles in so far as that like you know like th- that essentially allowed for like this narrative that still exists today of like the jews running the economy like to actually have purchase along with this sort of dual narrative of them like run, running the economy but also being like filthy p- like parasites uh essentially you know like they both run the world but also are like secretly like feeding off the teat of like the real of the real uh you know the real workers the real like Et cetera. um At the same time, and just because
1: I'm, I'm I'm gonna keep railing on FDR and he was also there. Like he also railed against immigrants and used the phrasings of like crowding and that they were pushing like you know they're pushing out uh, qualified you know decent <laughs> Americans out of jobs and stuff like that. So it's kind of the, it was very much the same thing.
0: Yeah, and like in the kind of rhetoric that you know nazi germany mainstreamed it's like it didn't like fascism and i said before fascism became the most the fascism itself became the most discredited ideological affiliation in the world in the past 100 years but like fascist a like fascist like fascist ideology is still around because it didn't because it didn't start in nazi germany it just, be, it just became a conscious thing there it's like the bones of fascism were you know basically developed in a variety of western countries over the course of 200 years uh and then like it became a conscious ideology you know that it became, it became a state ideology rather uh in nazi germany and, and you know in fascist italy and a lot of other places and then like those states were defeated and it was no longer the state ideology there but like the bones of fascism like the racism the the genocide the like the sort of like the brutal efficiency of the state in like removing problematic populations or declaring ethnic minorities as deviant in order to justify their removal you know declaring them as sort of like social parasites that still exists to this day and it's like we're now we're seeing it being applied as it has been for a very long time to migrants from the global cell, and you know and now we have concentration camps and, we've, and honestly we've had these camps for a very long time but like it's very clear that, that, this, that this stuff is ramping up like it's ramping up and it's been ramping up under trump for a while now
1: well and, 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 like, and the mask of the humanitarianism in it is, is being removed like we we saw back when the the pictures first came out of you know kids in cages with uh, you know, sleeping on cement floors and everybody was horrified that Trump would do such a horrible thing. And then they found out those pictures were from the Obama administration. They were like, Oh, well, you know, it, what, what's really going on is it's getting worse. It's getting worse. And now, now it's unacceptable. It's like, well, no, it was, it was unacceptable then. It's just it, nobody was interested in showing it to you or the people that were weren't people you were interested in listening to. And so you just turned a blind eye to the horrific nature of that. And now that it's more horrible and you can assign it to a different political party, now you're far more interested in covering it.
0: Well, I mean worse and better is because kind of irrelevant at this point too. Like let's like let's say it was mm-hmm. better under Obama for some esoteric reason. It's like the entire cycle is un is bad, say mm-hmm. Like I like, think you know, like the fear really is like okay, let's say, let's pretend it's better. Like you know, cl- you know, uh, Biden wins, and like right now we're at like a fascism level ninety, and this, it, my the the real problem is that like we will roll back fascism by like five percent. Mm -hmm. Like we'll we'll roll it back by you know we we won't kidnap them out of hospitals anymore uh because that's kind of you know in in the middle of their brain surgery but we'll still you know separate families put them into camps you know they'll die from negligence gross negligence like again maybe not like literal efficient programs to kill them but like if they die they die right? Because I think now what we have is and what's come out recently is two things, right? We have the fact that the government is no longer, the government is no longer like tracking the deaths that occur in ICE custody. And they haven't been for a while, a la, you know, reporting by King Klippenstein. And also the deaths that are occurring are largely preventable, which was also reported by King Klippenstein. But also, you know, ICE is now essentially pressuring and bullying healthcare providers who are in charge of basically taking like you know like the vitals and like doing physical on these, these migrants and these asylum seekers because of what they are they're asylum seekers uh like they're being pressured to declare them physically fit to be in a concentration camp so basically you know it's this idea like okay well these health, these doctors these nurses they're gonna they're gonna sign off on the fact that they're physically fit to be detained and you know if they die in custody then that that must mean they have some sort of genetic de- like some sort of genetic default like they're, they're just genetically defective people that they They can't even stand like living in filthy conditions for a few months you know
1: yeah i i I, 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 I can't really put myself in as a supporter of the ivan drago school of you know immigration
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know like but that's really because this is something like, like what makes a death camp a death camp it's like you know like right now we're arguing over like whether it's a concentration camp or not. it definitely is um i think what people mean like when they say like it's not a concentration camp, they mean it's not a death camp it's not a just like, thing but how many people have to die for it to be a death camp and what constitutes like you know literal like what what targets what like what constitutes uh uh not criteria not like a sort of a death count but like what's the like what's the level of activeness the government has to be engaging in to kill them that makes it qualify as a death camp too like let's say what's the number like how many millions need to die and how proactive does the government need to be in killing them for it to be a death camp at that point that's the point right the bureaucratization of these kind of fascism like this bureaucracy is what allows so many people to be involved without ever feeling responsible because really it's like everyone has a boss everyone's boss has a boss everyone's boss has a directive every directive is built into the charter of the institution. An institutional has its own demands, you know, like some like you know, someone signing these papers, and like you know, talk about Hitler sort of leading Nazi Germany sort of single-handedly to through the Holocaust. It's like that's the narrative, though, right? I mean, obviously there are the people like Goebbels and you know and other sort of like prominent Nazis who get a lot of blame too. But really, this idea like it was just like four or five people, like they were the head of they were the head of this, they just led everyone along by the nose, and no one really wanted to do it. It's like, no, like everyone was complicit in some ways, but like if you spread the blame out enough, like if you spread it out within an institution that has a lot of moving parts everyone just feels like a cog in a wheel it's a lot easier for people to justify just going you know along with the fear of like not wanting to be the next person to like be in the camp but like it's also just easy to be like oh well if i don't do this a i'm gonna be punished but b it's like if someone else will do it like it's like you know I'm fungible. Like, if I don't want to argue that kids don't deserve soap, there's another lawyer ready to take my spot in a second. And at least if I'm doing it, I know I'm a good person at heart.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll I'll side towards you know the less terrible thing. And it's just like that's not how any of this works. <laughs> they can't have
0: soap, but they can still have uh, water—not clean water—but like, but they can still <laughs> they can they can do they can they can still dry their balls and taint.
1: But this is why fashion appeals to the liberals so much because of the hierarchy and the systems and the process and all, they already have the fetishization for process so in institutions
0: and it, it's very institutional it's very bureaucratic it's very procedural it's very it's very it's it's, it's faceless like most people's jobs are faceless and most people like they they recognize that their boss is just like following orders and that's like that's what appeals to a lot of people about the that's what makes fascism so hard for liberals to combat too, along with the fact that it, it promises them that the structures that keep them in power and keep them comfortable like will continue to exist It's also like, hey, you know, like you have a, like you know, the the things that we're doing, we're going through the right procedures, right? Like we're like, it's all legal. You know, the people in those camps right now, they broke the law. Like if they didn't want to be, if they didn't want to be in these camps, they should have, they, they shouldn't have broken the law. But like, first of all, the law that they broke, it was impossible to follow. And second, it's not illegal to seek asylum. It's like, you know, we changed the, we moved the goal, we literally moved the goalpost so that it would, if you were going to seek asylum, you would, it would be necessarily legal, but it's not legal to seek asylum and people are now like but they they still allow enough plausible deniability for people to engage in like this sort of like this this petty fogger about okay well maybe it's a concentration camp maybe it's not but like you know it does offend some people both like literal like usually the people who are supporting them like let's be honest the people who are just like saying that they're not concentration camps are most are usually the people who are actively supporting them and that, i don't even go it's like know, they're, they're kidnapping kids and losing them why we're like? <laughs> just, like, just like and so i mean and, I, and i'll even go a little further i know this might get me in trouble but like even like even if although i will say like, like it seems like most like liberal jewish people people who are like who like are, who are jewish who like have like like um you know any affinity towards like history in like humanity and etc like yeah these are concentration camps It's like, like you know like, like this is what they are it's like l- literal scholars of concentration camps are, are like this is what a concentration camp is. like this is a and, like, and, we, and we saw this too when like we were talking about how prison labor is literally slavery and that you had this contingent of like black people who were, like that's offensive to me as a black person because i'm because of my identity i'm able to index slavery and it hurts me when you say you know it offends my ancestry when you say that like this is like this is sl- like like slavery it's like okay, that's super interesting. It's like it's slavery, uh. Like it's like sorry, you know. I hate to be like I hate to sort of border on like reactionary talking. It's like I'm sorry, you know. I have empathy for the fact that this like this makes you upset because like it you you feel like the way it indexes or in some way uh, diminishes the legacy of what your people went through, both black people with slavery and Jewish people in the Holocaust. But like. This is a structural systemic thing. This is like slavery. This is slavery. This is a concentration camp
1: on that point I just kind of want to capture something about like how hegemonically we've accepted or like how how we accepted the These fascist fascist ideas and how hegemonic they become one that kind of captures my attention is uh, When we saw you know uh, some rising up from various sectors uh, around police violence and there was some property getting damaged it's like completely acceptable and fully within the liberal ideology to, to make the argument it's completely reasonable to risk people's lives and safety to protect property and money that's a liberal argument that was made during uh, whenever there's any sort of protest, you know, it was like it, to protect money and property, it's perfectly acceptable to, to risk lives. Uh, like uh, the, the pipeline is another example with indigenous folks and the, the resistance there. And whenever there's an action like this, uh, even within the liberal ideology, well, you've broken the rules, you've acted outside of the system. So uh, it's, uh, it's now appropriate for that system to, to, oppress and abuse you to the point of even risking death just to protect the bottom line
0: Well, yeah, but definitely. And part of that has to do with, like, their proximity to, like, well, not for their proximity, like, the comfort that they they derive from the system being in place. And, you know, it's framed as, though, like, this whole thing, you know, this whole thing about preserving the system and preserving, you know, procedures and the rule of law is in some way related to, like, what's best for society, but it's about what's best for them. Because it's not about, like, the law, right? It's not about, like, like, the written law. It's about, like, hey, you know what? Like, Because, obviously, as part of the written law, like, people have the right to seek asylum, 100%. Like, it's, it's not debatable right you can you can you can like you can move the goalposts on how they do that but like it, that's part of the law but like really we're talking about law use and we're talking about like morality and how those three things kind of like are a pipeline like morality to to the law i mean morality to the law to the way the law is used as like a sort of like a weird intertwining like cycle and for a lot of these liberals it's like more their morality is one-to-one with like the way the law is used even like and they're not really aware of what the law actually says it's just like well i know that generally speaking the law functions properly and how do i know it functions properly well because i have money it's just like because i I feel safe i have money it must be working well if i don't feel safe it's i don't feel safe because of interpersonal violence you know like you know i don't feel safe because of like a things anomalous to society but i think the outlier here is like obviously like violence against women and some sort of in some some types of hate crimes which are like which can be sort of which can in some ways be you know folded that can be can be viewed as either anomalous to the system or like or excesses of the system as opposed to like part system itself like you know because obviously if you were to like truly condemn like violence against women, hate crimes, et cetera, you'd have to acknowledge that like the the cops are fucking full of domestic violence. <laughs> it's fucking like full of like do, domestic abusers. Despite it's
1: being like, able to cover for themselves, they, they commit domestic violence at a rate greater than the general population. Of course,
0: right? And so you have to be able to come to terms with that. But like it's very, it's easy to sort of like, you know, make a systemic argument about the patriarchy existing, but not really... Attach it to structure, if that makes any sense. Like, hey, the patriarchy is cultural, but like, how I how I sort of make that argument is whether what that manifests as culturally is something I'm not necessarily sure. about. it's systemic, but it manifests as like a a, a large scale interpersonal, a, a large amount of it manifests itself as a epidemic of interpersonal incidents, not like a structural thing, right? In some situations. With mm-hmm. uh, that being said, no, I, I would just, it's, it's hard to kind of contextualize. In, I mean, it's hard to sort of put into words, like, because it's obviously, it's not coherent. <laughs> it's not coherent. Right. Like, it's <laughs> like, like, you can't, like, it's like, it's hard to say, understand, like, how they can be, like, against, like, the patriarchy, but like, pro cop. It's like, I mean, well, it's not hard, is it? Because like, obviously, they don't view those structures as being like inherently patriarchal. Like, they they view like, oh yeah, like the patriarchy. It's like a, it's a cultural thing, systemic, interpersonal. But like, okay, but like, how do you how do you think that materializes as structures? Like the police, like the army, right? And it's like you know, like, it's hard to view our colonial empire outside of the analysis of like a sexist, racist structure, I mean, along with a capitalistic one.
1: Yeah. And just uh, for people that any of this sounds familiar is like if you start probing people and you start asking these questions and you get them to examine their views, they very rapidly get upset with you because they they discover quickly that they that how basically incoherent their worldview is. And that's very upsetting to anyone when you realize, wait a minute, the way I view the world doesn't actually fit together in a way that I can apply. So I have to either make the world fit or I have to adjust my worldview and most people just make the world fit.
0: I mean, I, but I mean that's that's the that's the lesson of neoliberalism, right? Where that's like that's the um that's one of the main products of neoliberalism and centrism, like to make the world not fit together, right? To like to convince you that like the world as a totality can exist in little pockets. And we mentioned like ha- earlier how like revitalizing post-industrial towns in the rural South would be a boon for every part of America. But like, it's very easy for like centrists and liberals, like in their in their adhere in the adher- the adherence to those ideologies, the explicit you know most like virulent ones, to like think of it as like oh, why would I support rural broadband? That doesn't affect me in my life. It's like because like I live in an, a, a liberal urban bastion, and it's like like it's like those like that kind of disconnect is so prevalent that it becomes hard for people to say like even understand like what seems like. I think, I think the big example of that is like the way people think that foreign policy and domestic policy exists in discrete little bubbles where it's like, okay, well, we can engage in this like imperialistic project overseas, like this racist, sexist, imperialistic project overseas, but that has no effect on our domestic policy, right? Like it be, and it's like, okay, but even if you look at the most base level, the same weapons that we're using abroad, the same tactics are being are being adapted for, like, use on American citizens, you know, both at Standing Rock, uh, counterinsurgency tactics, but also just, like, the policing of communities of color, even the policing of, like, just basic fucking, like, white people protests, right? (laughs) Like, they're they're rolling out out the APCs for honkies now.
1: And in the most literal sense, we did see that during, again, the, the protests around police violence uh, from uh, various groups and primarily Black Lives Matter, there were drones that were targeting civ- American civilians. They just happened to not be armed or this time. And then we do know that the uh, American companies and police have been working with Israel and their armed drones that use uh, things like aerial dispersal of tear gas and other things that have been known to cause, uh, you know, bodily damage and so on and so forth uh quickly just one more thing i wanted to kind of tie some things together is about the media and like how if it doesn't bother them then then they're all right and that's kind of how they frame everything what to what came to my mind is how the khashoggi story got a lot more play than saudi arabia bombing school buses on purpose with our bombs and our help <laughs> like
0: well, i mean i think a lot of people i think that whiteness and this is i guess i know in some ways this is People made this, people, kind of, I think, unfairly made this critique about Occupy Wall Street. But I think that, you know, it has, it's, it's in some ways it's fair, in some ways unfair, where it's just like, you know, the uh subjectivist view of problems. Like, a problem The problem doesn't become a problem until we decide it's a problem. And up until that point, it's just a thing that's happening, right? And so, like, part of that has to do with, it's, it's not a problem that it happens to, like, the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that a lot of, you know, the wrong population, like, it's not terrorism unless, it, unless the target is... A protected population. I'm sorry, not about protected population because it's definitely not terrorism. It's a protected population, but it's not terrorism. If it's not terrorism, unless it's a population that we decide shouldn't be terrorized. But no, like you're right. Like they do, and like and the worst part about that, not the worst part, but the part that people don't understand is that like by the time they start filling those beds with white people, like. Like the idea of prison as being a thing that happens to black people is so deeply entrenched in people's minds that they don't even recognize the amount of white people going to jail exactly it's just like they don't even recognize it because like the entire system has been racialized it's becoming like, and that's why i think the argument like, okay we'll do the cops shoot black people more white people like, that's like i mean it's irrelevant it's a good it's a relevant conversation to have but it's like but the cops are allowed to shoot you know whether or not they shoot more black people per capita or white people per capita or like or more uh white people totally than black people totally it's like that's 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 an interesting conversation the poor conversation but like the larger the larger pattern here is like why are cops allowed to shoot people indiscriminately in the streets and that's a racial question that's a question about racism
1: you know, why are we even sending people with guns to some of these yeah. situations like why how in what way did a person with a gun because, who clearly can't fucking de-escalate anything how did that might be, make anything better go ahead because
0: there might be niggers there
1: right <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's be real that's what it is like,
0: because like unless i'm a hundred percent sure there's not niggers there we got we, we got the cops <laughs> right. and it's just like and if i go to the wrong neighborhood and like like you know like and everyone's like if I go up in a poor neighborhood because poverty is racialized too in a poor neighborhood everyone's a nigga with the lights off <laughs> Went to the cops right. like you, bust, you bust down the door it's just like in the dark it's like is this person white black maybe he's just light skinned. shoot his ass anyway <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it like, gets to be safe we gotta shoot him <laughs> like you know it's like and also you can only really get away with crimes too like if you could index whiteness or like or maleness to get away with them it's like, like if you like if you happen to be like a white person who can't index money or like or if your arrest would in some place in some way implicate the entire system whether it be like the system of like the elite system where like if we, we arrest Trump and implicate him on all his various crimes we'd have to arrest like a thousand people or if like hey if we prosecute this like rapist or to prosecute this hate crime as a hate crime as white supremacist as a white supremacist hate crime it would implicate our entire like white supremacist system it's like if you can index those like those larger issues it becomes easier to get away with them
1: you saw some you, of, I was just going to say you saw some of this with the there was an Asian cop who shot somebody I think it was in New York in a stair well and like and like the there's a large a- outcry from the asian community is like hey we we it, this our white privilege contract you know that we've been signing and that we signed says it it stipulates that in situations like this we're supposed to get the white privilege and the white privilege was like uh no we we cops are taking a lot of heat we need to put somebody down you you guys you, you're on the line <laughs> <laughs>
0: The trade-off of being Blasian, it's like you're cuter than you're cuter than everyone else, but you all, but you also get shot by the police. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> at the same time, though, it's like you know the like the, the immigrant narrative has been entirely racialized too, as as you know, essentially as either Muslims or more usually uh, Latinx people from the global south. And it's like because look look at what happens because every so often there's an article that pops up about how like Trump is going to deport like thirty five thousand Irish people who you know good um you know whatever but like you know you know a stopped a stopped clock is right twice a day no no i'm I'm being i'm being churlish but like and like p like white people lose their minds like oh i forgot that like there are there are white immigrants but like honestly like i like i know a lot of like white you know undocumented white people like whether they like you know they come from you know eastern europe or they come from like other parts of europe uh you know like england or even even canada who like they are like maybe not to the degree that like lat like you know uh, people from mexico and the global south are scared of ice but they are scared of glow of, of of like of um ice like they're, they're they are afraid of getting of going through customs like my friend from romania who, who comes to you know who is like who works in fashion and comes to comes to America so you know every so often like oh, to like do work it's, like she is terrified of going through customs. It's like and, like and she like and she really is just like this tiny white girl. Who has like blue eyes and has red hair and like you know and she is terrified of
1: customs. They it's like look look at the checkpoints these kids in Palestine have to go through to get to school. Like how do you not see fascism? Like I just I it blows my mind.
0: Well I mean like, again like, that's, that's part of the conversation because like you know if you say that like how you not see fascism people go well don't you know that some Palestinians are white? It's like yeah but you do understand that like the racial that there's a racialized discourse that goes on between like Israel and Palestine right where like Palestinians Indians are racialized as you know Arabs and Israel, Israelis are racialized as like, you know, as Jewish, but like, like largely white. Like even though like even though like their actual races, like you know, as we would understand like race biologically speaking, which is a, not a biological construct, uh, it's a social construct, it's like there like there is diversity there, but the way we as Americans understand it, it's like Israelis really are white. Unless you're a Nazi, then they're, Jew- then they're Jewish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then, then you're Jewish. Like, uh,
0: then you're Jewish. Then they are Jewish. And Palestinians are Arabs. But again, a lot of like a lot of far right people love Israel because like you know even Richard Spencer loves Israel and he's definitely a Nazi, right? <sighs> like, and, like he's like a neo-Nazi. He's like a Nazi-Nazi. Like, he's, like, he's Nazi classic
1: yeah it's just you know
0: just same great t- same great taste same bold flavor
1: <laughs> just the n- newer suits this is about it different different label yeah like slightly modern the, cut that's about
0: it for, for, yeah. honestly no offense but like he's been he's been really stretching the boundaries on that on those slim fit suits he needs to just go to the, a big and tall shop <laughs> And uh, that nigga's been like, it's been hammering back some uh, McDonald's.
1: It's once you get that spotlight, man. It's, I've noticed that, like, you know, a you think, lot of these. Considering
0: folks. he gets, he gets like, he gets banned by Uber. Like, I think he was banned by Uber or some shit for being a Nazi. You think he'd be walking more? He'd be able to fucking drop some of those pounds, but really, just like, he's, he's eating his feelings since Antifa like fucking canceled his episodes. I
1: mean, white supremacy runs is, is just havoc and hell on the body, man. Like.
0: <laughs> white, white supremacy, like, it, it both speeds up the metabolism so you age faster, but also slows it down somehow so you, you gain weight <laughs> bad for you it's just bad if for your it, health it's their genes like the white supremacist gene is like fucking like it ages you in dog years it's just like fucking like, like honestly like no nazi has ever no modern nazi has ever lived to be past 35 they just all look that way like henry kissinger is actually 12 years old it's like, he's, he's just like an immortal 12 year old like like a, <laughs> Anyway, mm-hmm. I think that does it. For, I think that does it for this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I just want to tease the debate a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. We, I mean, we can record again. It's getting a little late. Yeah. It's, just you know, well, it it just quickly.
1: I just want the, the names just got to me, man. I'm just looking at these names and pictures. And we got Bill, Tim, Corey, Elizabeth, uh, Robert, Amy, Jay, John, Tulsi, and Julian. And
0: if that fucking something a graduating class, like, it's like a it's like a private school graduating class in like Maine. Right. It's just like, it's like, there's like there's like one there's like one like ethnic sounding name. It's just like we got Becky, Becky, Tim, Elizabeth, uh, John, John, Dan, John, uh, Juan.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the next like the same thing: is Marianne, John, Andrew, Pete, Joe, Bernie, Kristen, or. Kristen, whatever. Kirsten? Kirsten, yeah, there you go. Uh, Michael. (laughs) You got Michael Eric. Kirsten, Kirsten, and
0: Christen. And then... Michael Dyson? He's running? And Kamala. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, so, like, they, they very clearly put, like, they very clearly spread out the minorities it's like there are there are three women and one black person on each night and then there's like and then there's one Asian too like Tulsi Gabbard and fucking uh Izzy Yang in there
1: yep and they're split yep yeah like,
0: like, like they, like, that's the democratic party in a fucking nutshell right it's like it's I mean like but again Okay, I mean, whatever. Like, like until she tells me what her her five her top five Bollywood romantic comedies are, I'm not really I'm not prepared to accept her into like into the Asian into the Indian to the Indian delegation on behalf on behalf of, <laughs> of, of Indians there. Like, I, I, you know, like, I feel like, you know, a lot lot of times Southeast Asians like to protect, like, you know, police blackness and like, you know, act as a stand in for black people. So I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to (laughs) police Southeast Asian culture by demanding that fucking Kamala Harris tell me her favorite, her favorite five top uh, Shahrukh Khan movies. Uh no one knows who kamala harris is and i think not know real, it's just well, i mean no she knows she knows it's just, she's, <laughs> she, she's lying but like, but like you know i mean like like my mother is still like, like I, that was like the weird thing when kamala harris was like the flavor of the week for like a month they're like oh joe biden he wasn't running back then but they, they sort of assumed who's running like joe biden's gonna have gonna have a real trouble continuing, or i guess it was bernie Sanders gonna have real trouble continuing with kamala harris in the black demographic i was like what the fuck are you talking about like black people who, who don't know who kamala harris is i was like my like my mother's still calls Kamala Harris that like that black chick is she still running it's like like, like no one is like, if you wouldn't understand our thoughts on kamala harris listen to the kamala harris episode because nothing about kamala harris has changed since then it's like she was she was the flavor of the month for one month and then it didn't it and now there's a new flavor of the month uh or there will be and we're supposed to pretend like that's not what's happening it's like you know like the, the only real thing that is kind of weird is how fast biden is imploding i thought he would implode uh i i, I no matter what happens i still think he's a very he's a deceptively candidate but like i am surprised by how fast he's imploding in terms of like actually sabotaging him. Like, it like it would take a lot for biden not to have this like fucking cinched cinched up and i think that's my fear i will say this though a real political party would not run biden like a political like, <laughs> like, a, 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 yeah. a, a, a real political party a party that was primarily concerned with the winning elections in consolidating power would not vote for would not run a joe biden candidacy the democratic party unfortunately is is more or less a consultancy and so like they know that biden brings in those big dollars they know biden is, is the biden's very friendly with wall street people recognize biden and they're willing to like bank on people hate like biden not being terrible enough that people don't vote for him but i think that the republican party will like if if biden is up there it will be more of a toss-up than it should be and i still say mm-hmm. you know Elizabeth Warren. i think that she's doing better with the black community i think there's a lot of reasons for that maybe we should talk about them another time like or maybe they're just fucking lying i don't know
1: yeah At this so, point, I, 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 they're getting Paid a lot of them are getting paid. Go ahead. I
0: mean, like, a lot of polls are probably just like fucking like wrong. I don't know, I haven't read them yet, so I can't really comment too much on it. But like, I view Elizabeth like if Elizabeth Warren's a compromise, Elizabeth, you know, Bernie Sanders is a cop, so Bernie Sanders is a compromise with the left with itself, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren is a compromise with from with the left with the democrats joe biden is a fucking insult i will not joe for i will not vote for joe biden nope uh, like, uh, like i i simply won't um because joe biden has like a long story history of being like disrespectful of people of color both on like an institutional and personal level it's like i just i i can't see myself voting for joe biden i live in new york city so it doesn't matter but like yeah, i like, i you know yeah. at this point like i you know i was kind of wishy-washy about like whether or not i'll vote for Hillary clinton because i didn't really care so much about it at the time um but like, and I don't want to seem like an asshole by saying like, "Yo, Hillary Clinton, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna vote for her." I didn't. I didn't. Spoiler: I didn't. I didn't have to. Uh, but like Joe Biden, I'm, I'm not gonna vote for Joe Biden. I, I, like, unless he does something real, <laughs> fuck yeah. Joe Biden with his fucking balding ass head and his cap teeth, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. This is just not happening.
1: Uh, he gets a face tattoo, burns down the White House. I'll consider it. Joe Biden is Joe Biden is not even like, Joe
0: Biden is not even like the white father from Get Out. Everyone's like, "Oh, Joe Biden is the white father." It's like, no, Joe Biden is the head of the fucking the the black person hunting group from fucking um, from uh, from fucking like a uh, Birth of a Nation. It's like, just, like Joe Biden is. It's like he's not even. You're like, like, gonna, gonna like,
1: go with the John Leguizamo movie, but oh, that was what I was thinking. of fuck, uh, I've got the name though. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway uh so i think that the people who i think so i think here's the thing i think you have two debate nights Mm -hmm. and i think that if they had put bernie and warren on the same night it would have been like kind of a, a fucked up situation Mm -hmm. um but like i think putting them on different nights allows them both to shine so i kind of agree with the uh there was a piece by naomi klein that i I didn't read i won't pretend like i read it but like she she summed it up where it's like right now it's time for the left to build up their base it's time for the left to be like okay Mm -hmm. we have two vaguely leftish candidates who can be used as rallying points to get people who have a leftist type sensibilities and by that i mean like people who I, who identify if they don't identify capitalism as the problem they identify the system as broken and they identify like the government as the, the job of the government is to solve these problems with structural solutions like it's, it's 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 the time right now to get those people invested in like coming and turning out Mm-hmm. Um I will say this, it's like the existence of a of a Andrew Yang implies the existence of an Andrew Yin. And I'm waiting for him to announce his <laughs> <laughs> i for him to announce his
1: his uh, his candidacy. Oh I will look forward to that as well.
0: <laughs> okay, so our last thoughts you want to hang it out. Perfect.
3: Yeah, as you and that bad ass huh? You ain't really talking that shit, nigga, so make amends. I been that nigga, you can't touch me. Set hut, nigga, touchdown, get your fucking face out the mud now, uh. I'm feeling so it goddamn relevant. You don't know me, dog. I'm a loner, I'm a loner, but I know you type, you the soda type. Get shook up fast, explode, but left flat. I already know you a killer, you a hustler True religion, custom, nigga came from nothing Blah, 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 you's a fucking buster Bust in your crib and take everything but the mustard And the roll of shit, you niggas ain't gon' bullshit, you dog Beginning to look a lot like Christmas 25 bitches on my dick like it's Christmas Oh shit, what is this? Give it to you raw, what the privilege? You ain't gotta take it serious You inferior pawn nigga with robotic arms Follow the long arm of the lush And we've seen it all before Wait, on the block like he there in the paint it's going hard with the eight in the ball. Call it the same thing Nah, that's a different world Wayne, Wayne We just in the jungle Lions and Ring tangs In the of bang I'm just getting the hang of things Yeah, he ain't talking shit He ain't talking, he talking he ain't talking Talking, talking, talking,
2: talking, 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 shit. He talking, talking, He talking, 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 shit. He talking, 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 talking,
4: The pot the piss and I piss in the parking lot Put my dick in the tightest spot With the victim in God's garage The definitive intersection Where heaven and hell collide Purgatory not a story That's really where I reside So you better just pay your tithes Better just pray that I don't develop A taste for flesh Would engage in my appetite Sorry Mrs. Parker But your baby okay. boy's a mutant He belongs in the sewer With Tarangalila folk. Put this poison in the system Now he wouldn't even know And then they tried to prick my skin And then the fucking needle broke So now I'm a Chupacabra Fucking will the be at every show Feel the need to lose control Feel that need off in my soul Dump that dick off Do from that, that hoe Feel like hole. It Ross in no foe Before he had the single That just fucking killed the radio Now niggas hustle hustle just to try and fuck a hug the boat I'm the dreamy bohemian still I get them out the clothes Got him screamin' and screaming whenever I provide this stroke and I be screaming with BJ and needs to get his dope Rest in peace my nigga Dro. Rest in peace that Allen White. Hit the east like every weekend and run up the mountainside Who's that peepin' in my window Shut the fuck up close the blinds. he's a genius he's a genius but i don't believe these guys all these demons in my soul every time i close my eyes i can keep it in perspective you won't keep me in your life you ain't talking shit, that shit. That you ain't talking
2: shit you ain't talking 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 shit
5: Oh Smitting by the ribbons in the ceiling fan Drifting out is so appealing when you drowning for the millions. Put myself together, felt the beat piece by piece. Hit the bank real chic and hand me all my loose leaves Bitch, I'm mixing for a better picture, itching for a better licking. Boxing hella niggas with the elixir. See, I stepped in, memo list, manifest, destinies. Better piss, girl, cause we gon' be here for a minute. Fucking 1966, 10 up fridge bitches. You just a living bad decision, it's Versace Lennon. Wonder how many niggas on the block is killin' Wonder how I made me white folks, y'all done made the kill it It's just a lazy ride my jug with Crazy, I know you'll see I ain't really said shit, just a couple Excuse me's, back when was just the groundskeeper, and you was just a sound sleeper. Sounds deeper. Basically, I found the galaxy inside the brown keeper. It's wide those no season, and we the three wisest men. About the fucking ride again. Some toes make you jump pretty high again. Flipping flames in the eyes of the and try, try if you want, you will die again. Mercenaries with the whole red sky with us. Say my dog, you gon' have the best vibe with us. I know you ain't used to niggas and true Never know who them always on your mind like the scout that you popped out the womb with come here girl let me shoot the moon with you